sounds like sounds like church. Welcome to the Autopod Decepticast, your bi-weekly podcast, back from a break, delivering an episode-by-episode breakdown of the original G1 series. This is our episode number 215, if I have my 216. Count, right, with all the you don't. half episodes. and the, are you It's sure? 216, I'm positive. Well, pretty close. I hope I'm wrong, and then I'm like, I'm, I'm 100% sure, but I'm almost we'll positive. This is uh, the holiday episode. Extravaganza. All kinds of crazy stuff can go down on the very well-planned and, and scripted uh, <laughs> holiday episode. And as a special little treat, you know, we, we wanted something to not so awkwardly bridge the gap between G1 and Beast Wars. And we're going to do that with a brief overview of the Japanese G1 video media. Yeah, the... But Cartoon. Three, maybe, if you technically say four series yeah. of the Japanese G1. Yeah. yeah buckle up. It's gonna, we're going to run through it like a bullet train from Tokyo to... to Name another city. Uh, Any other city. Uh, Nagasaki. Yeah, <laughs> we did it. That's another city. <laughs> yeah, I know the capital and the ones that got bombed by the atomic bomb. Yeah. This is beautiful. You know, speaking of cultural mishaps like that, mm-hmm. please forgive us as we go through this. Our Japanese, oh, the names, mispronunciations, uh, and, and all of that. We're going to do our it's best, okay. and we're going to focus on the cartoon series. Okay. Although the way the Japanese stuff works, it all really mingles together with manga and story pages and a bunch of other ancillary supplemental I've got media. Some stuff on that later, uh, as do I. So uh, just know that uh, well, there's no way we can cover this all. Okay, today we're going to celebrate the Eurocentric winter holiday. To join us in doing this, we've got two mics, two furious, or at least for now we've got one mic, <laughs> who's semi-furious. He's a little irked. <laughs> a bit I think he stubbed his toe I've on been the coffee more furious. table. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Michael Andrews, and happy holidays. Hello, thank you. Oh, great to be here, great to be here. I love Christmas, I love holidays. Bring it on. We say happy holidays around here because mm-hmm. uh, we don't, uh, we're trying to bring down Christianity, don't you know? Oh, well, I like to virtue signal, so I'm going to say Merry Christmas. Oh, well, we're balanced <laughs> out for <laughs> a broad <laughs> spectrum of different audiences. And later on in the episode, at some point, well, I think we'll be joined by your, uh, dare I say, better half? Yes, definitely. Definitely better half. He's 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 more furious. He's, He'll bring the yeah. fury. Yeah, he's he, more. He's mind. the he's one the that more gets fired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into some of the things we do around here. It, it's been a while, you know, since uh, we last were on here. We got a shout out. Really, we did. From this is the Apple uh, Apple Podcast okay. review from David M. Rays seventy seven. All right. They said. 
I find this podcast comforting. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm middle-aged and like to day drink while I watch Transformers okay, well, episodes you on YouTube. So this podcast is the best. Oh, God. Five stars. <laughs> That's, all right. Cool. I don't know how I feel about that. I love it. You okay. like to day drink? We're day drinking right now. Not well, yet. not yet. <laughs> That's a lie. Not One yet. of us. Is that, a, is that alcohol? I don't need to talk about it. All right. <laughs> Uh, Legally, we... you can't ask him that. <laughs> I know. Are you a cop? You have to tell me. <laughs> it's in the Constitution. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we're happy to be the Tempur-Pedic remedy to what ails you as you coast more quickly <laughs> than you'd like through the halfway point <laughs> on this journey called life. Yeah, we're all going to be dead. <coughs> Speak for yourself. Sooner, I'm going to live forever. Sooner than later. And uh, we also have a new patron. That I would like to shout out. Please. But I'll do it anonymously because they Yeah, are, I don't think they wanted to shout they, out. Uh, I know. Well, I'm not going to go into all the details. I, we just want <laughs> to thank tell, them. You're going to well, tell them Pig Latin? You, you've, heard of the <laughs> you've heard of the unknown patron. Patron? Yeah. Patron. Well, now we'd like to shout out the anonymous donor. Okay, cool. <laughs> so you know who you are, and thank you for signing up. Yay. We'll, we won't dox you with all the personal info. No, because they want to remain anonymous doning. Anonymous doning. We need That's to, right. Yeah. So let's shout out all the patrons. We've got Alpha Magnus, Debbie, Jeremy, Skeeter, Mr. Sadler, Mike Seibert, Bono, Michael Trimblett, Justin R., Jonathan Robinus Prime, Classic Daniel, the Sophubiest of Samurai, Chandler. Is samurai, uh, is that plural on its own? Samurai. I think so, like Maya, like like moose, Samur- yeah. samurais, like Jedi. You think there is? An no, S. I'm not. I've never heard someone say, <laughs> "Look at all those samurais." J Soups, Smatty V, Nick the Toy Mad Dad, Ken Bockelman, Big. Kid, <laughs> DFB, Greg Murray, mm-hmm. Captain Alexis, Corey, James and Julia, Michael Ordway, Tim Dubs, Jason from Cracktastic Plastic. Thomas, Justin B, Triclops, Alex, Simon, New Daniel, Seven the Chronicler, Argonus Prime, the Unknown Patron, Patron. Brian Jones, Rick, a.k.a. Autobot 1000, Mark, a.k.a. Zarmat, and now the Anonymous Donor. 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 Oh, God. (laughs) That's some good reverb. I'm going to have to... uh, Provided we have more anonymous donors, I'm going to have to find more synonyms for unknown and anonymous. And the Anonymous Donors. And all you anonymous donors out there, all you fucking anonymous donors. <laughs> you fucking. That changes know. the tone of everything. <laughs> Ryan. Yep. You got some Christmas cheer you can cram down our throat chimneys? Okay. I can do. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, Ryan. Ryan. Just what just brought it? us the drinks. So let's see what we Look got. Look at these. <laughs> yeah. So this is a biased drink cocktail from our friend Captain Alexis. And um, it's holiday appropriate, and I think we actually have bias to drink cocktails for the next several episodes to come. Chandler, I see you. I know I'm going to make the cojito. It's gonna it's gonna be maybe our New Year's Eve episode. I'm not sure. So we have a few ingredients for this cocktail: both aquavat, ad ad advocat, ooh, it's Dutch, and sparkling lemonade. And you can definitely buy both of those commercially, but I kind of like making the components myself whenever possible because it's a craft, you see. Mm. Now, first, we need to make Advocat. So if you want the down and dirty definition, it's basically a Dutch version of eggnog, but with much thicker, custardy, thick like consistency. Oh, yeah. And here's how you make it. Ten fresh egg yolks, 
uh, half teaspoon salt, one and a third cup sugar, two cups of brandy, two teaspoon vanilla extract, and an eighth teaspoon cinnamon, or to taste. How much of an avocado you get out of that? About a, about a liter, I think. Uh, I was thinking like 10 eggs. I was just curious. Uh, make a double boil. It's mostly the, the brandy. Gotcha. Uh, make a double boiler by bringing one inch or three centimeters of water to boil in a medium saucepan, and in a larger metal bowl, whisk the eggs with salt, sugar, and cinnamon until the sugar dissolves, and the mix is pale and yellow in color and falls in silky ribbons from the whisk. Then you whisk in the brandy and put the metal bowl with the yolk mix on top of the saucepan of boiling water and whisk continuously until the mix coats the back of a spoon about eight minutes or until it's 130 degrees Fahrenheit, 54 degrees Celsius. Remove the bowl from the heat, whisk in the vanilla, pour into a glass container, and refrigerate overnight. It's very booze-heavy like eggnog, so basically it keeps indefinitely. Nice. And do I? Can I just eat the cherry? I'm or? not done. Yeah, sure. sorry. sorry. This thing is going to be warm by the time we yep. get to no, it's all good. Nope. Sparkling lemonade. Like I said, you can buy your own, but in my case, I didn't like the options immediately available, so this recipe comes from Durf2440 at food.com. You need two cups of cold water, one and a half cups of lemon juice, fresh squeeze, please. One cup of sugar, it's about 12 lemons. One cup of sugar, 750 mils, or three cups of club soda, or sparkling water, depending on where you live. Um, combine the cold water, lemon juice, and sugar in a large pitcher and stir until the sugar dissolves. Store in the fridge until time of service, and just before serving, gradually add the soda to the mix. Okay, here's the cocktail. Jesus Christ. What's so, it called again? Uh, it's called a snowball. I don't think I said that, which is funny, but it's a real cocktail, <laughs> but funny coming from Captain Alexis because he's filthy. Yeah. So dirty man. the snowball, uh, I altered the amounts he sent a little bit, but I kept the ratio. So the drink is 15 mils or one half ounce of lime juice or lime cordial. Uh, he prefers the cordial. Rose is cordial is the preferred choice. 60 mils or two ounces of Advocat. 60 mils of sparkling lemonade. Cold glass, no ice, and a nip of brandy, as far as you wish, but don't overpower. For the garnish, one maraschino cherry placed coquettishly on a cocktail stick. Oh, you did. A, and then this you is add the, the most coquettish application yeah. of cherry I've seen. You add the uh, the lime cordial to a the chilled vintage glass, seventy or any seventies or any mid-century modern glass. See Abigail's Party, which is a play. Um, also a show or a movie on the BBC. Did you reference? He, did he reference that for a reference on what the glass type is? Yeah. Ah. Uh, pour the advocate and let settle momentarily, then add the lemonade and stir and agitate until the outside of the glass feels cold. Garnish with a maraschino cherry, and he says, advocate on his own is rank, so save the leftovers for the next Yuletide. <laughs> That's the drink. Rank. I'm sure that was very confusing for everyone. That's amazing. So I was trying to keep track. It's 10 eggs and 18 cups of sugar, I think was the recipe. That sounds pretty good. It's <laughs> a one and a third cup of sugar. It smells really good. All right. I'm really excited. Uh, Do we eat the cherry? No. It's, no. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> I don't care. All right. We're, we're cheers. And... Looks beautiful, guys. It, it, I'm, I'm excited. It smells In case good. there's any missed translation across cultures, mm. Alexis, uh, in the United States, the uh, snowball is oh, when the uh, really good. I'm really emit the in your partner's mouth and, and then uh, kiss them afterwards. You, and they, oh, come on. And they... They, they, they share, spit it back. In, they spit they the cum back into your mouth you. while you're kissing. You guys, it. Yeah, I was, I was trying to. Kevin Smith taught us that. I don't, I don't know if they call it that in the UK. I, the, this is <laughs> Maybe a really just call good it a custard drink. kiss. I really like this drink. A I lot. like it too. It's not it's as really heavy as I thought it would be. Uh -uh. I, yeah, I was expecting eggnog 
no. consistency. Well, maybe the commercial like, advocate is a lot <laughs> thicker. I don't know. It's, yeah, um, does it it's like eggnog? Is it like, I mean, how does I it stack up it. against eggnog? It's, it's all, not like, it's a little different because it's just the yolks. For me, for me, it's got the consistency of a root beer float. It's like it's That's like a, good a way to creamy it. soda. Like it's oh. dissolved in there. I'm picturing sort of a French toast flavor. Am I am I close? Fruity. No, it's no, fruity because or... it's very it's uh, lemon. It's citrusy. It's like uh, creamy lemon, like really... a lemon key key lemon pie type. Yeah, oh, like if yeah. like if someone made you a Seven Up, but did a really good job at it. Like I made this Seven Up type of drink for you and put some ice cream in it, and and it's, it's like good stuff. Well, Beautiful. I can tell a lot of love went into this. Really good, Ryan. You Man, did really good. Thank I like you. it. Thanks, Alexa. Captain Alexis. Yeah, that's a delicious drink. Uh, yeah, and thank you, Ryan. Oh, my gosh. We're getting a call on our Teletran 69 monitor device <laughs> that, upgraded. Uh, that we have here. Perhaps, perhaps this is our uh, first Christmas visitor that we sometimes get. Oh, who's caller, on? caller, please go ahead and reveal yourself. I'm dreaming of a gray optimus. <laughs> oh, oh yes, sir. I'm. This is. It is I, the most beautiful purple one-eyed backmouthed son of a bitch. <laughs> ah, well, this uh, is already eats his nuggies from the back today. of his head. If I yeah. remember. Yeah. Hello, Shockwave. Yes. How are you? We haven't talked to you in a year. I'm, I'm wonderful. I've. Uh, I've got one thing. To, to tell you, okay. and that is that we have adopted your your Yuletide holiday to be more like you in Earth. We now celebrate Optimus. Oh, that is O-P-T-M-A-S, mm. uh, since that son of a bitch won't stay dead. <laughs> it's true. Uh, he now shows up with a bag of goodies out of his disappearing truck so uh and he's wow. even got a holiday color available on hasbropulse.com wow Use you are plugged in shocky baby <laughs> it doesn't get you anything but use it when you say we are you talking about we of cybertron is that where you're calling from because, yes yes because it, we oh. rebuilt cybertron and we call it zone or something um <laughs> i don't know what's going on here i'm i'm drunk most days what are you doing right now? Why are you uh, calling right us? Right now, I'm uh, so in the tradition of handing out um, gifts. I've been going through the archives and transferring all of our videotapes to a digital format. <laughs> and I was going to send you some at random intervals. Okay. Of your your day. That sounds what? like right up our alley. I don't know why we love yes. that, but he's doing like a Clark Griswold stuck in the attic, looking through the old film and yeah. oh, it's... and reminiscing type moment. It sounds because like. we have videotapes here, <laughs> right? It is, it's in that episode with with Daniel and and the the birthdays. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Indeed. Um, well, what are you gonna? What's the first one? Uh, first, wait or... before. How's Shock Mommy doing? Oh God! Oh boy! Shock Mommy is wonderful. Yeah, she has introduced me to what is known as eggnog. It makes me sleep very well. Well, tell her I said hi, please. Uh, I really. I sell. She got like a third it. breast implanted. Wow. Third. She's, she's on the back for dancing. 
So I'm trying to think. <laughs> Only fans. I'm trying to picture this they, because they just saw Total Recall. It's exactly. Right I wish I but had three. One I right, wish I had three hands. One up front, one in the back. Where's the third one? On the back, he says, for dancing. <sighs> I'm so confused. <laughs> All right. Well, sorry I asked, but to do tell her I said hi. All right. So we got a tape. I guess. What are, gonna, what, what, what are you going to? What are you going to show us? <laughs> Roll, roll tape. I have no idea what this is. Okay. I believe it is something to do with a, a Japanese, whatever a Japanese is. <laughs> uh, An omine, an Japanimation, I think is what they called it back in the day. Okay. It is a, uh, it is about robots fighting each other, and I'm not in them, okay. so I don't care. I guess I'll click play on this digital file here. All right. It is the year 9 million BCE. We're doing Earth time for Cybertron, apparently. And Optimus Prime, he is getting ready to follow the treacherous Decepticons into deep space. Spoiler, they get trapped on Earth, but he doesn't know that yet. And this is Prime right here. <laughs> um, okay, so everybody, I'm, uh, so I gotta go. Because uh, I'm going to chase Megatron, and uh, you guys are all going to stay here. Uh, some of you are coming with me. Ironhide, uh, Bumblebee, uh, Jazz, you guys, and some of your other people, you come with me. Um, hey, I could go too. Hot Rod, you stay here. Just stay here. We'll, and I'll, I'll call you later. Um, so Alpha Trion sending me to, to, to chase him, I guess. And um, you will be left here all alone with the female Autobots. I gotta go. Uh, tell my girlfriend bye. <laughs> uh, okay, let's blast off. That's... Prime. What? Prime, why do you sound like Victor Caroli? That's a very different voice. I don't know who that is. This is just my voice. Victor, Victor, why do you sound like a pirate? Okay, I'm getting a lot of sass from you troops, and I'm going to close the hatch now. Oh, okay. Uh. That was a weird video. Yeah. Very, um, nobody <laughs> seemed to... It was like World War II-esque. Black yeah, and like white. A, a general having to go uh, away from the front. Um, yeah. Reminds me of a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it reminds me of a movie. I, I'm not clear which one yet, but... Uh... Maybe right. we'll find out. All right. Maybe. Hey. A new <laughs> hey. challenger has entered what, the arena. What a lovely intro. <laughs> da, 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 da. Hey, welcome to the show. We've got Mike Seibert hey, Mike. in the house. Now both Mikes. Equally furious. Well, one furious, perhaps, and the other, you know, just chill. Caffeinated, I think is what it is. That's that my is... secret cap. I'm always furious. <laughs> <laughs> Two Mikes. What? Two furious. Oh, man, how's it going? Fine. Oh, right. <laughs> we're, we're, we're... No, it's good. It's good. It's good. I, I got delivered for the peeps. <laughs> yeah, that's... yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a Mike Cyber joint if he if he wasn't aggressively cranky about something. Uh oh. <laughs> right, uh oh. Right. What's driving the quankiness today, Mike? Not that voice for starters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's start with that. Let's. I mean that that's as good a place to start as any. Well, welcome to the show. I've been uh, doing the rounds this weekend. I was saying earlier, this is our this is our second little uh, reunion here before we gear up for season two of Two Mikes Too Furious. Yeah, reunited and it feels good. It does. Yeah. Now that we have you both on, 
what's the deal? When are you going to start recording? What are your plans for Two Mics Too Furious? No plans. Show is canceled. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. You must have just made that book. decision in the. Yeah. 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 Stole my dry, dry joke, Mike. Yeah. Uh, based yeah, we, based we on pre-show legislation, that. a decision has been made. Right. Yeah. I think you guys should talk, because Michael led us to believe otherwise. TBD, oh. TBD. oh no. <laughs> Awkward moments on the APDC. Right? I, 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 th- I think we've been telling everybody after the first of the year. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. All right. Sounds pretty simple. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so that could be that could be January. That could be February. That could like, be twenty twenty five. Yeah, January. which would be after the first of the year, yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, uh, Michael Andrews, I don't know if you uh, uh, talked to our other friends about this, but you know, we we did an epic live stream uh, not too long ago for uh, uh, celebrating your birthday. That uh, Aaron had the opportunity to join us on as as well as uh, some of our other friends but coming up in the podcast future i'm eventually going to take the audio from the video and put some of that up as a uh as a podcast just to kind of have something on the uh, podcast feed for for folks to enjoy the 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 furious mics um but i i don't i don't think we have any plans to record anything else uh between now and then right correct yeah after after the new year we're going to You'll figure it out. Season two. All right. So look for the next episode in May of 2024. I'll just put it out there for you. (laughs) There there Um, will be an episode in May. That much I could guarantee. It's going to be May. And I just might correct you. You guys had the opportunity to have me on your (laughs) stream. Just to set the record straight on that. Um, All right. That's what I said. I think that's what I said. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Last episode recap. Gosh, this was so long ago, but Zarek seizes D and RC before the cons set up a Cybertronic slay spree. Spike strong arms Cerebros to sell his soul for the scraps of a forsaken city. Scorponaut clashed claws with Fort Max's formidable fists. Humans are the real key to Vector Sigma as the strength of the sun steam cleans Cybertron and sends Decepticons on a struggle-soaked stopover through the stillness of space. Who will rule? (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into the Japanese series just to set up for the listener kind of the, the, the outline here of what we're doing. So... Caleb will cover Super God Master Force. Ryan is going to illuminate the listener on Fight Super Robot Lifeform Victory. Together, we will discuss Enter the New Supreme Commander Die Atlas colon Transformer Zone. And I will kick things off right now with the Headmasters. All right. Again, forgive our uh, accents and mispronunciations. Yes. Because uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Before we get into it, we're introduced to the Headmaster's concept in Rebirth, and so just a little backstory on on the differences between the U.S. and Japanese series. So, round about late 1986, Takara gets a memo that Marvel Productions is donezo with the Transformers. So, if Takara wants content, they're going to have to get their act together, and they did, and they hooked up with Toei to get going on a new series based around that 1987 toy line. Are you all familiar with a periodical called TV Magazine? No. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, fam- I'll familiarize you if you don't know. Okay. <laughs> this is where that comes into play. Rhetorical! 
TV Magazine, oh. first published in November 1971. It was a monthly Japanese publication that featured stills, art, photography, and story content based around children's television. And this included video games, toys, television shows, etc. There was a lot of original story content in that magazine, including manga. And TV Magazine was one of the many... Uh, there was many similar sorts of magazines in Japan at the time, but it was the only one that featured Transformers content during this time period. And again, articles, story pages, which were basically just written stories, but maybe they'd have some images associated with it, as well as the manga. And that's where a lot of that Studio Ox artwork, that awesome stuff that we've seen, mm -hmm. appeared. Anyway, the magazine, it still exists to this day and still publishes Transformers manga content. In the 80s and early 90s, that material that they published can be on Transformers, can still be purchased today. There's compilations of the Transformers story pages and manga out there. So these manga are meant to be supplemental to the on-screen action of the corresponding television series. So generally, they are considered G1 cartoon canon. Okay. I guess that's meant to be understood as off-screen action, perhaps. I don't know. Cartoon universe. So that brings us to Masumi Kaneda. Do you think that's the right pronunciation? Where is it? We're going to go with it. Masumi Kaneda. Yep. All right. I looked at Caleb. He's the only person I trust on these matters. He was the primary writer for the manga and story pages, which qualified him to become the head writer and basically the showrunner for the new Japanese series. He partnered with Ban Megami, yeah. who was the yeah, illustrator sure. behind the manga series. And Ban created all the new character designs for the Japanese uh, cartoons. And a lot of these character designs are quite different and arguably better than what we got in the United States, particularly for the, the headmasters. They have different head designs, and they just, they just look better all around. Incidentally, Caleb, you might find this interesting, Ban Megami was a protege of legendary manga creator Leija Matsumoto, author of Space Battleship Yamato. Cool. <laughs> Did you find that interesting? Mildly interesting. <laughs> I like Battleship Yamato, yes. The animation for the Japanese series was headed by Toei. What a what a blessing. What a so nice. <laughs> what a relief. So we generally saw a drastic improvement in the overall quality of the illustrations and the action. As we've discussed, they tossed aside the rebirth storyline. And so the headmasters are no longer two souls, uh, one an organic being bonded to a robot counterpart. Instead, the little guys are their own thing. Cybertronic uh, robot refugees who fled the planet to seek refuge on the planet Master. And it was there that they leveled up their science game, created their transtector bodies to make it in the cold, hard world. This shit gets so complicated. <laughs> per a quote from Canada. This was purposeful to add additional depth to the concept of transformation with the young bots growing from civilians into fully fledged warriors. There are some similarities in the early episodes between the Rebirth and Headmaster series, just in that Vector Sigma is a part of the storyline. You have the Ghost of Alpha Trion, Plasma Energy is mentioned, but there isn't really much evidence out there that the Japanese series drew much of anything from the Rebirth. They didn't force anybody to get together who hated each other, like in <laughs> what was it, Gort? Yeah. And Chrome Dome or Highbrow, I can't remember who. I have to be in this guy? Yeah. No, that, that, there is that, but they just hate themselves. That's true. It's sad. Well, and, and also keep in mind, guys, that, that 
what makes the Japanese sequel series, The Headmaster, so interesting is that keep in mind that Japan doesn't get Transformers the movie until 1989, right. two years after all this. So Whoa. they're so they're still trying to reconcile continuity that they can't quite figure out how to do. That that's why like some of the Optimus Prime stuff is so uh, weirdly incongruous. Like he dies, he lives, he dies again. You know that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, way to be the way to be the trope, Optimus Prime. But <laughs> and that's interesting t- because they did have the return of Optimus Prime, so he was dead. But it, it, did viewers just not know how he died? And the other thing I can't connect the dots on is since Toei is involved. Well, okay, I'm sorry. Acom was what's his name's company? What was the main Nelson Shin? Yeah, Nelson Shin, thank you. So I was thinking it would be easy to connect the dots on that, but it also Toei did do the animation for the movie. So I don't know. Somehow or another, it feels like they could have figured all this out, but it makes your it brain hurt if you think about it for too long. But you're right, and that that does explain, I think, some of the characters that we see throughout the series, like the Wheel Jacks and all of that later on. Mm-hmm. But Headmasters itself ran from July 3rd, 1987 to March 28th, 1988. It was 35 episodes. It carries over several characters that we see in season one through three, including Optimus Prime, Hot Rod, Rodimus, Ultra Magnus, Blaster, Slash twin cast. Well, maybe we'll talk about what that's all about. RC, Wheelie, Metroplex, Blur, Jazz, Goldbug, Daniel Spike, and Carly are all here. Computron, Superior, Defensor, and our familiar Decepticon friends Galvatron, Soundwave, Slash Sound Blaster, Cyclonus, Scourge, Trypticon, and all of their combiners are in the house. It also then introduces a slew of new characters, of course, the Autobot version and Decepticon versions of the Headmasters and Target Masters and their partners. So for Target Masters, it is a little bit different, which we'll get into. Train bots, Autobot and Decepticon clones, Monster bots, Horrorcons, Duocons, the fan favorite Six Shot, and fan not favorite Punch Counterpunch. <laughs> That's just a personal thing. Right. <laughs> My Autobot counterpart's around here. He's close. <laughs> He's nearby. Get He's out of here. <laughs> we don't like you. <laughs> Personally, I did watch maybe the first 10 episodes of this five years ago or so. And it's just so difficult to watch things with subtitles for me because I like to do other things while I'm watching. I just don't sit down and watch stuff. Even so. when you haven't seen it before? Even when I haven't seen it before. Even yeah. when you have a podcast about it? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I got through a lot of the Headmasters content, and uh, so it was fun to revisit it. But I never saw like the introduction of Punch Counterpunch or even the Target Masters. So I guess I didn't make it that far. But let's. Do you, would you guys like to talk about key plot points? Sure. Yes. Yes. All right. Head on. <laughs> that's their catchphrase. God on. Oh, oh that's good. Yeah. God on. Head on. The story kicks off in 2011, years uh, after Prime released the energy of the Matrix to halt the hate plague. The Matrix energy levels are near zero, and so the supercomputer slash Oracle slash Transformer God Vector Sigma starts to get all goofy, (laughs) and Galvatron plots to take control of the Golden Globe. To help him do this, Galvatron has some new warriors... His headmaster warriors, Weird Wolf, Skull Cruncher, and Mindwipe, 
while Galvatron is uh, starting shit on Cybertron, a contingent of Decepticons, including Six Shot, head to Earth to harass Ultra Magnus and the Autobots at Autobot City. On Cybertron, Galvatron is basically just trying to take over the planet. And at a certain point, four new warriors uh, appear to help stop them. And that's Chrome Dome, Hardhead, Brainstorm, and Highbrow. Some key highlights of the series. The initial goal is for the Autobots to scour the Earth for the Matrix of Leadership to get Vector Sigma back in working order. Throughout that whole adventure, Optimus Prime will die again, and Hot Rod will become Rodimus Prime again. <laughs> We're introduced to a little later to Scorponok and Fortress Maximus. They don't reveal their true powers until deep into the series. Actually, I think Scorponok is in the background. He's sort of just this shadowy character that's consulting with Galvatron <laughs> in okay. the background. But he has he has designs of his own. Have either of you guys watched any of this Head to Head Masters at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, I was going to say, I find Headmasters kind of be the weakest installment of uh, the Japanese series. It's little dull for me. I honestly couldn't tell you the plot, so I'm actually really riveted to uh, what it's about, Aaron. Thank I'm you. I'm going to try and sum it all up here. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, Mike, uh, what about you? Have Have you watched the Headmasters? Fuck no. Oh, God, no. Why did we No, I've, uh, I have, yeah, worth it. I, uh, <laughs> I, I've had the, the DVD on my shelf for a half dozen years, and it's as impenetrable as a Ron Friedman book. <laughs> I just, uh, I, I, every every now and again, I keep wanting to give it another go, and then um, I get what I need from episode two, and then it, then I just kind of just kind of tap out because it's it's a slog. Um, really, my only uh, I, I guess exposure to the story of the headmasters comes from listening to uh, trans. Former's University with my uh, mm. buddy Anthony Bricali, but like he 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 uh, goes through the episodes very briefly and succinctly. So I feel like I, I I've got everything I need right. uh, uh, from that. But uh, one of the things that that I kind of wanted to bring up, and Aaron, I didn't know if you had this in your notes because you you had mentioned one of your struggles obstacles with uh with trying to get through headmasters is reading the subtitles and and listening in the original japanese language do you have a do you have any bits or material regarding the omni production stub i do have material on that because yes, that's coming that, up after this yeah that that kind of that puts headmasters on kind of like a, a different level in terms of being iconic i think uh yeah. with regards uh, kind of 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 the Japanese uh, sequel trilogy there, um, because like and, and it's interesting for all of us, all of us here collectively together. I would say that we're all relatively young in the overall Transformers fandom. Like you huh. know, uh, in in terms of like when we started creating content for Transformers fandom, Omnidumbs memes go all the way back to like the late nineties. Yeah. So it's like so there, there's a lot of folks in like that that old guard fandom like like you know my buddy Ant or or Hooks or Walkie or uh, you know any, any uh, Brian Kilby you know oh, any, any sure. of those folks the Chris McFeelys of the world sure sure yeah any of those folks that that you know go way 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 back they they kind of tread in old Omni Dubs memes. So um, I'm sure we'll we'll kind of talk about um, a couple of those 
in in this section here but uh but i was going to say aaron if if you had a, a hard time reading subtitles go check out some of those yeah. omni dubs because they they are it, it's it's for, a special from thing. what that i understand that watching those is kind of like watching the room you just watch it for the shit show <laughs> of it it's it's just a, absolutely um, oh, spot on but absolutely. yeah yeah i do have a little bit more on that uh, later on the Omnidub stuff. And if you have any memes in particular you could think of, why, once you dig those up, we'll throw them on screen and capture them in, uh, for some of our supplemental material because I did not do any research on, on the memes, old school memes. I'll see what I can do. All right, thank you. All right. <laughs> so in this universe, Fortress is the name of, not Cerebros is the name of that character. He has a totally different appearance and color scheme about him. And so he's the head of Fortress Maximus. And he, but he's only Fortress Maximus when he's in the head mode. Scorponok, he eventually builds his own transtector. But he's only Scorponok when he's in just his normal self. But when he's the head of the Scorpion base thing, that's when he's Mega Zarok. Okay. Uh, a little Obviously. different and interesting in the translation since Zarok is what we called the human character in the U.S. version. As depicted in the episodes, Cybertron is in grave danger, parts one and two. Uh, Scorponok fucking blows up Cybertron oh. with Galvatron inside of the Vector Sigma chamber, presumed dead for the time being. Oh. Rodimus's leadership burden gets too hard to bear. He ditches the series eventually to find a new planet for Transformers to live, appoints Fortress Maximus as the new Autobot Supreme Commander, and takes Blur and Cup with him, <laughs> and he leaves RC behind to look after Wheelie and Daniel. Wow. Which she replied, fuck me. <laughs> Scorponok also harnesses plasma energy to destroy Mars. Why? Lots of things just blowing up. He wants to blow up Earth. That's kind yeah. of the, like the whole main thing he ultimately wants to so do. So it's like a um, <laughs> a proof of concept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did Galvatron die? No, he returns and reclaims his leadership over the Decepticons and devises several schemes to plunder energy from exotic locales across the galaxy. The ultimate goal, he wants to form a new unicron-sized body oh. by absorbing the Earth and his not dead, his alive warriors into himself. Ooh. There's a photo of this. Hang on. I should share it with the team of his. Yeah, of I was going to say, speaking of memes. Yeah, I mean, this is a. Like, th th this is a pretty <laughs> iconic image from that, from that era. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's his. I, I don't think the boys can see it, but they know, they know what we're that talking about here. <laughs> hideous. <laughs> what a ridiculous thing. That is known in the community. I can't remember on the show. I think it is called on the show Grand Galvatron. For some oh, reason. God. <laughs> oh, you hadn't, you I hadn't just, seen it. I just it. looked it up. <laughs> uh, for some reason, Galvatron told Sixshot about his plan <laughs> and basically said, and you're going to be one of these people that get to be <laughs> the honor of being killed to be a part of me whenever I execute this I plan. I hope that's cool. And so Sixshot did not take kindly to this, so he schemed with Scorponok to get rid of Galvatron, and uh, ultimately Galvatron was deep-sixed to never be seen again, uh, question mark, by the Autobot headmasters who buried him underneath an iceberg on Earth. 
uh, just a side note, because I don't know that we'll necessarily cover it, but in the story pages or perhaps the manga, Galvatron is sort of resurrected when a supernatural entity known as Dark Nova turns him into Super Megatron. <laughs> but that doesn't, I don't think that happens in the cartoon series well, proper. Don't these all have mango associated? Right, with that's them. part of the mango. And so, but I believe those are, yeah, like you said before, all that is considered canon in the cartoon right. universe still. Right, correct. That's a lot. Even though there are discrepancies between the two in some cases. Yeah. Let's see here. Target on. So Target Master Partners are introduced as nameless little guys. I don't. Th- I don't. Apparently, they're never actually called out by name in the series so they're they're i think they're also from the planet master but they become linked to their counterparts there's a giant plasma energy explosion at some point and when everybody's recovered from that in gun mode they're just seared on to the hands of the target masters oh so there's like some robo surgery Hmm. to disconnect them from the hands and now they're target masters and that's how it works. Okay. So in that situation, wow. in the situation of the Target Masters, you do have two entities with two different souls. They're not humans that turn right. into guns. They're just little robots that turn into guns. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They're surgically separated. And they also have a telepathic link to their Target Master partner. So the weapon guys are their own thing. They also speak their own language. I guess it's a lot of bleepity bloops and annoying sound effects. Why not? They're swearing? Oh. <laughs> censored (laughs) because target master partners can select targets independently the wielders then use two guns separately that's cool yeah that's pretty awesome i kind of like that it's a real doc holiday situation i got i got one for each of (laughs) you the magical autobot weapon of the show is the master sword which is the it's the culmination of science and shit from the planet master and it's Fortress Maximus's main weapon. Fortress had to unsheath it King Arthur style to access its power, which uh, is ultimately what allows for the transformation of the Maximus battleship into robot mode. Soundwave and Blaster. They have their own ultimate battle. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen that clip, haven't you, Mike? Yeah, bitch. Do, you, do we <laughs> want to talk about that? Go at this point? Yeah, why watching not? it right now. Yeah. It's literally the only reason I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so the battle is pretty oh, cool, yeah, and, and it is it is actually yeah. brutal. I mean, like we're talking yeah. like fists being punched oh. through chests, brutal. Yeah. Huh. Arms getting torn off. Yeah, it, wow. it, it, yeah. It fucks, dude. It's so. Cool. I think they both explode at the end. They kind of do like hit the ground, do a bounce, and blow up, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So basically, what what happens, and and this is. For for my viewing pleasure, this is very early on. This is like in like episode two or something like that of it the is. Headmasters, which which also kind of explains why I never really got any. You got what you needed. Further. I got what I needed. I no got engine in, I got for this out. guy. <laughs> and I'm I'm like twenty four more episodes. No, thank you. Uh, but no, I I uh, first of all I, I'm. I, grateful that you had me on to kind of like close the loop a little bit. Cause you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I joined you guys a, a couple other times. I seem to be on for like the, the sound wave V blaster mm-hmm. uh, fights throughout, uh, uh, throughout the cartoon. Like, you know, I was on for Autobop where it, it's kind of like their first confrontation and the fight itself really isn't anything. It's just kind of like a more, a lot of 
sonic attacks and trash talk. Right. Um, yeah. I, I think Soundwave kind of gets the edge on that. You know, the whole uh, alt talk, no shock um, uh, type of thing. Blaster ultimately, at least from a uh, quippy comeback standpoint, he definitely got him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but he definitely he definitely loses the fight. So then, but then you. They don't necessarily tussle so much in the movie as their tapes do. Right. You know, in one of the most iconic moments in the movie, you know, No Way 2 can play. Blaster's got tapes too, you know, that that right. kind of thing. So, but it's more about the tapes than the than the actual uh, cassette men. Um, mm-hmm. So you gotta wait until season three to get get a rematch in the always popular and infamous uh, Carnage in C minor, oh. where. Nobody's joining me on this one. No. All right. Man. No. Really <laughs> thinking I could get a thing going there. The no. Effort, right. no, no, that's good. No, that's that's uh that that's good stuff. Um, <laughs> sure. In, in, well, in that in that episode, I even posit like you know, given the the fisticuffs, I think we go uh, we kind of dust off the uh, enemies to lovers trope. I'm pretty sure yeah. those guys are in love in that in that episode. You know, because there's a. You know, getting all coked up on the harmony and all that other stuff. Yeah, that, yeah. that that ends up being a, a pretty a pretty okay fight. But yeah, like uh, like you were saying, Aaron, this uh this one is pretty damn brutal. So basically, what happens is I think they're that, on Earth uh, in the Arctic, maybe or somewhere. Well, snowy. it it starts off where Soundwave infiltrates the Autobot headquarters, which I I think is still the Ark at this point. I don't remember. But basically, like, um, Soundwave has discovered where the uh, where the Matrix is and where Optimus Prime is. And so he has that information. He is about to uh, reveal that to the Decepticons. And suddenly uh, Hot Rod and Blaster are in uh, Need for Speed 2 Hot Pursuit. And uh, and then from there, they, they somehow end up in the Arctic. And the battle is joined, basically, like, you know, Hot Rod is shooting at Sadway, pew, 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 and Blaster's kind of like, you know, I'll, I'll take care of this. But, like, the um, both in the Omni-Dub and in the subtitles, it 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 really feels like, for, for me, for a fan of, you know, both of these characters and their rivalry, it feels to me like, like this is their version of... Uh, one shall stand, one shall fall type sure. of thing. Okay, yeah. yeah, Blaster is kind of like, yeah, it's time to end this. And at one point, Soundwave is like, yeah, fucking die. Right. You know, so like it's it's uh it's brutal and intense. You know, they punch each other in the chest. Uh both uh both windows cracked. So seeing like Soundwave in a G1 cartoon with a broken window chest, I think in itself is kind of an iconic uh, image, you know, iconic imagery, Uh, you know, blaster comes out with like this big haymaker that knocks Soundwave's arm clean off. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, you know, he's like, Oh, stop. I'm, I'm unarmed. Mm -hmm. Um, But they, they kind of, their fight ends kind of sort of in the way that the Optimus Megatron climactic fight from, from the movie sort of ends in that, like, uh, what if Blaster he... is kind of down for the count, kind of, like, takes a knee, and he's, like, you know, kind of messed up. But then, um, inexplicably, Soundwave's injuries just kind of catch up to him, and he literally just explodes, ju- just randomly explodes. And um, and one of the more, you know, we were talking about uh, 
you know, early fandom memes earlier, one of the, uh, in, in the Omni dub, uh, Gal- I also got to say that like Galvatron is watching this, the, this whole time, like on uh, closed circuit television or something like that. So he's, he's paid the pay-per-view. He's here to watch the main event, but basically like he's, he's watching it and he's like, he's like, come on, Soundwave, you gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta get in this. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta uh, finish this guy off. And, um, and yeah, suddenly he blows up and, and uh, uh, Ryan, this might be worth uh, grabbing the audio for this. Uh, because like in the in the subtitle version, he he you know exclaims he's like oh no Soundwave no you <laughs> okay. know you know that, that kind of thing. But in the Omni dub, <laughs> his his his, um, his his reaction is a little more man- matter of fact, and he's like ah darn that Soundwave, <laughs> and and this yell that he gives isn't like a prolonged no it's just, it, it's like a <laughs> okay darn that sound wave <laughs> billy you okay not really find the power pack <laughs> very exaggerated very uh uh very silly uh but from there um Rodimus rolls up to Blaster, um, who is, uh, you know, basically mostly dead. In, in the Omni dubs, he's like, uh, Blaster's named Billy for some reason. I don't <laughs> yeah. know why. In okay, the there's like, a lot of that kind of he's stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, Billy, are you okay? He's like, uh, not really. And then just like immediately dies. Okay. Whereas in, in the in the original uh, subtitled version, it's kind of more like, um, yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm not really going to make it, but you need to like go find the matrix and rescue Optimus prime. And then he just, he just kind of dies. He just, he just turns white. And uh, so at the end of it, uh, Soundwave is in pieces and the cassettes, which in a move I think is actually pretty rad. They uh, gather um, his remains, like, you know, his head in various pieces and it's all the, the flying cassette. So it's rat bat, and uh, laser beak and buzz on. They they take him back to headquarters, and in uh, in the narration, they explain that Galvatron takes some of Soundwave's old parts along with some new parts and reconstructs Soundwave into a new Soundwave. And basically, the um, uh, Galvatron is kind of like the Bruce Wayne in this situation, and the cassettes end up being the Lucius Fox of the, of the dark Knight trilogy with a uh, Morgan Freeman there. And it's like, does it come in black? Absolutely. He does. And then suddenly sound blaster is born. Did they... um, who, who is basically just sound wave in black. Right. Okay. So th- did they release a new sound wave toy then? They did yes. for both yeah. of them. Yeah. So this is correct. All, it's all about putting out the new toys, new toys. So that black uh, does look good. It, it looks really cool. I, I and it and it's interesting because like for for a square minute, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm a Soundwave guy, you know, and and that's you know that that's my favorite character, that's my dude. But every once in a while, um, you you see something different that kind of turns your head. And for a scorching hot minute, about I don't know, like five years ago, I had I had a a Sound Blaster phase 
You know, it's like I was going through some stuff. I was like, you know, <laughs> let me fuck around with Sound Blaster for a while. It's like, ooh, you know, it's a, it's dark and exotic. I could do something different. You know, that that kind of thing. Right. Um, so back in the day, in the vintage area era, they did a Sound Blaster toy, and basically what differentiates Sound Blaster from Soundwave, aside from <clears throat> his distinctive black color, is he has a uh, purple uh chest window and the toy is uh can hold two tapes instead of just one so it's it's a little more pronounced okay. and sound blaster is kind of presented as is maybe a little, little stockier a little bulkier than just a regular sound wave but basically like anytime that there's a new sound wave figure not to be confused with new sound wave the, right. uh, the the character from the uh from the from Omni. the dubs uh, yeah, New there you go. Exactly. Um, th- there's always going to be a, a Sound Blaster repaint, and so um, during that phase, they did the you know the the Siege version of Soundwave, but for the 35th anniversary line, that Walmart exclusive line, they did a Sound Blaster where he's got the bigger chest. Um, and I I had mentioned that I had a bit of a Sound Blaster phase, and part of it was right about this was right about the time that the Netflix War for Cybertron series was uh, was cooking. And I have very little nice things to say about that show. But one thing that I like, I think this is in Earthrise, I, I, or maybe it's in Siege. It doesn't matter because it's all just kind of the same. But, but Sound Blaster gets to be a character uh, very briefly in yeah. there. And he's he's violently different than what you would expect Soundwave to be like you yeah. know he he has kind of like the vocal distortion but he talks differently he's basically kind of like a, a mercenary arms dealer kind right. of kind of scumbag he's a totally separate character as well he's a we totally separate like, character Soundwave is in the show too if i remember correctly yeah yeah and and he's just Soundwave you know right. he just he does a Soundwave thing they do a vague vocal modulation that's not done very well but but whatever but like it, it's one of the first times where uh if not the first time where Sound Blaster is presented as a wholly unique character kind of similar to in some fiction where Galvatron gets to be a completely different character that's not connected to Megatron at all right. so it's so so it is it was cool to see that take and then they just did fuck all with it, and and the characters kind of returned back into obscurity. But yeah, I mean, like four or five years ago, that there was there was a very brief of a flash of a, a sound blaster renaissance, and like you know, I've got like a couple um, art commissions and 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 some various toys, and and Mike I, rode I the wave of sound blaster. Fury. I, I really did. <laughs> I, I really did. And, and 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 it's funny. I look at stuff now, and I'm just like, well, I, I got over that shit real quick. You know, it's kind of like a, a it's more like a summer fling type of thing, right? You, know, where I'm just you like, knew you what know this what? was. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like a distracted yeah. boyfriend meme, right? And there's Soundwave and Sound Blaster. Yeah. I do love the look, though, of Sound Blaster. I don't own one, and I will at uh-huh. some point. I'll grab one because I think that black and purple scheme just looks so tight together. It's cool. I mean, I mean, it's not the iconic classic, but it is it is the next best thing. Yeah, the I, I should we should mention that Blaster. So he died as well. He didn't explode yeah. like Soundwave did, but no, he, yeah, yeah, he just turned. We just watched it, and Soundwave just stands up and explodes. <laughs> yeah, 
uh blaster just turns gray and to what your point mike i think he just says go find the matrix but he also is brought back to life by his little bros they collect his parts and he gets rebuilt into twin cast so he gets a cool new name uh, unless you're talking omni in which i think he is he called new billy or something i don't know i (laughs) I can't remember i don't know i don't know Uh, if i got that but uh, I, don't, I don't think twin cast shows up in that episode that Soundblaster shows. No, up. I think it, it's a little bit later. And uh, so his, far. <laughs> yeah. His, and his main thing, a difference is really that he's his primary color scheme is blue instead of red. And other than that, there's no personality difference. He's the same old blaster. Correct. Uh, what what uh what do you guys think of that? You know, we we I spend a lot of time talking about the difference in in color palette between uh, Soundwave and Soundblaster. Uh, Blaster and Twincaster obviously very very different as well. But for some reason, like I I don't know if it's just because I'm not as much of a Blaster fan, but I don't care. Like I I, I don't care mm-hmm. about Twincaster. Like, like, and, and I don't it like the really color work. scheme. Really, yeah. it doesn't do anything for me. Soundwave's such a classic design and character that it's. I, I'm glad they didn't tamper with it too much. It is. Mm-hmm. It was the first. It was the second transformer I ever owned. And as far as like the toys go, it looking like something that they are supposed to be. It, it was like Soundwave is probably my favorite, and probably I would say the best example of something transforming into a robot and then into a. An, an item short optimus primes is also really great but uh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think, I think most of uh, you know even the most casual transformer fan uh i think their yeah. iconic bot is is Soundwave. Yeah, yeah for sure yeah it's it, it's unfortunate for me trying to like stand out in the fandom because you know it's like a, a lot of folks have like you know some really cool obscure characters that 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 are their favorites and uh for me being a a fan of Soundwave is kind of the same thing as being a fan of Boba Fett and they it's like oh wow so you pick the lowest common denominator you know you're the <laughs> fucking a uh, a pumpkin spice latte fucking uh uh you know microbrew IPA of uh of fandoms it's I would like, also wow, put Batman well, in there Oh sure <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, you like Batman? That's that's cool. Wow. <laughs> deep cut, deep cut. Yeah, yeah real, that's... real, real deep cuts. You sound incredibly interesting. That sounds like some gatekeeper shit right there. We don't do that here yeah. at the APD. No, it's, fine. Yeah. it's just saying it's something that yeah. likes. It's the it's the hugest, yeah. like section. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, but I mean he's iconic. Yeah, and honestly, looking at the two toys. I don't know if I'm still screen sharing, but yeah, yeah. the Soundwave toy is so much better than the Blaster toy. It's just articulated. It <laughs> its design is better. Blaster is just totally. a fucking brick. It's just a know? hunk of plastic, basically. Yeah, it had a cool alt mode, but yeah, which, I don't know. which is which is so funny though, too, because like you know, uh, Aaron's got his uh, screen shared, and we're we're looking at the toys side by side. That Blaster toy is huge. Yeah. So yeah. even like despite the size difference, like that blaster toy is one of the largest of that size class. Like, you know, he towers over Optimus Prime even mm-hmm. and and like all of the Autobot cars. I mean, he 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 kind of like has the same presence that say like Jetfire does, where it's just yeah. like he's just like a ginormous toy compared uh, to the other ones. But yeah, it's like I don't know. I like I I loved 
the uh, uh, the Buster Jones uh, delivered. Like I loved loved his voice, um, but for some reason, like it, it was a character that I just never really uh, gravitated to. And I think we've talked about this several times over the years. But you know, since since we're kind of closing loops here, like um, I, I think. Um, it's kind of surprising to some that Blaster didn't necessarily appeal to me because he's essentially kind of like a radio DJ. And I, I don't know if that's why it doesn't appeal to me or, or whatever. I mean, you know, given, given my, uh, my profession, you would think I would be more of a blaster guy than a sound wave guy, but there's, there, there's, there's just a, a mystique of cool that you get with Soundwave, yeah. you know, yeah. and it starts with the voice, but it's also the character design, like, like, uh, like Caleb yeah. was saying, um, he's, he's just a cool character. He's, he's got his own army of little dudes and he's, yeah, it's, it's a, se- it's a sexier design. Just the, just, yeah. the, just the angles. And on. it's one of the first, just, you know, yeah, just it was the in the first release. In it was probably the most I mean, accessible he was supposed piece. To be, <clears throat> at one point supposed to be the leader because yeah. his face is the Decepticon symbol. Yeah. He's right. just sexier, yeah. man. He's just sexier. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So that's in Headmasters. Well, well, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, and in episode two of Headmasters, by the way, but and, and Sound Blaster kind of like continues and and does some sound wavy things throughout. But yeah, that that's that's uh, that that's kind of it uh, for my perspective um, on that. Uh, uh, thank you guys for for indulging me the opportunity. No, kinda, good... I feel kinda, like it's kinda... very it's a very iconic fight and scene and like yeah. I, I've I've never watched Headmasters, but I've seen that fight. <laughs> And for those of yeah. us that are familiar with the season one through three and kind of get this idea of a blaster sound wave rivalry, it's interesting to see that really reach its penultimate or ultimate rather uh, yeah. state in this. Although I think as twin cast and sound blaster, they will continue to scuffle throughout throughout headmasters, but uh, with not as much murderous intent, I guess. Right, right. Well, I mean, because they, 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 yeah. uh, they got new toys on the shelves, so... Right. Um, so, yeah, so the rivalry continues, but not nearly as uh, as final. And, you know, as, uh, uh, you know, before I, I seed my seed my time to the senator from Naboo. Um, what, one, thing, one thing I did want to mention uh, uh, very, very briefly, you talked about um, Six Shot, and um, I, I am not the, the biggest fan of uh, Six Shot, but I've always been in love with that character design, like, you know, like yeah. the, the, the purple and the white and the teal yeah. and stuff like that. You know, it feels, it feels like 1988 before 1988, that, that kind of thing. He's like, kind of like the precursor right. to the, to like the, the more kind of like, you know, like the sea cons and, right. and all those other wacky things that would come later. But one of the things that, that I wanted to uh, shout out is that, um, in the Omni dubs, he's uh, he's well. First of all, throughout Headmasters, he's more of a mercenary mm-hmm. type of thing. But he's uh, he's referred to as the Ninja Consultant. Right. Oh, <laughs> that my is his, God, I want that job. That is that is his formal title. And like, there's yeah. like one of those um, again, another meme where he's just like sitting cross-legged in a club, like drinking a drink and stuff, just being super chill. <laughs> but like, so yeah, so he's like ninja consultant so and i've always wanted to uh litigate what does that mean is he um a consultant of ninjas or is he himself a, a ninja, ninja who, who consults, consults? Right. <laughs> so, so but either way i mean there, there's really nothing in his character design that says 
uh, ninja. Like he's not a sword guy. I mean, you know, I mean, he's, he's all guns. I mean, I mean, six shot is a, is a gun guy uh, more so than a sword guy, but yeah, uh, for, for him to be a ninja consultant, I always thought was, was uh, iconic enough. So I, I want to make sure and shout that out while we were, while we were talking about headmaster. I do think the G one six shot toy, and this is a good time to, to talk about six shot. Cause I have a plot point about him, but I feel like the toy came with swords though. And throughout oh. the series, he, I mean, he has a lot of sort of ninja code esque references. And I don't remember if he had swords in the series. It looks like the toy maybe did not come with swords, but I know a lot of toys that have come out third party and otherwise have given him like katana blades and things like that. I think oh, he cool. uses shuriken in the cartoon. But oh, he, Michael Anderson would love that. But he does, yeah, shurikens, baby. <laughs> but he does sort of have a code like that, like sort of yeah. a like I don't know what you would call it, like an Eastern or a Japanese uh, Bushido Shoda, Shogun. Is that what we would call it? Like yeah, a like, Bushido code. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, yeah. I so so to answer your question, I think he is a consultant that is a ninja. Gotcha. Now I've, now I've got to double check that Bushido is correct. Yeah, well, he, he moonlights as a consultant. He's that's right. That's exactly. Yeah, exactly. Bushido. So Bushido. speaking of six shot and of murder, uh, he murders, yeah. oh, he murders Spoilers Ultra Magnus. For, Spoilers it, for Michael Anders. Oh, no. Ooh, in, the, dude, dude. in the episode uh. called Ultra Magnus Dies, they really, oh, wow. they really didn't leave yeah. a lot of uh, cliffhangers. <laughs> What's going to happen this week? Title. <laughs> Does Ultra Magnus Could be die? Anything. <laughs> Later on, Six Shot will also double cross Scorponok in because Scorponok's ladder scheme is to destroy the Earth, and he's not cool with that. So he pulls a Blitzwing and just leaves the Decepticons generally. Okay. Again, I think this maybe calls back to his code. I can't remember in my research if I dug too deeply into why. He didn't like all this planet destroying activity, but he wasn't down with it. I and, thought Mars was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the action across, and that's really kind of mostly the end. Uh, that's mostly the series right there. If you want more, go to TF University, who apparently covers it well and succinctly. The action takes place a lot of across many locales, but mostly Planet Master, where Scorponok seeks a power equal to the Master Sword, and Earth, which Scorponok wants to destroy. The series ends with a final showdown between Fortress Maximus and the Headmasters, uh, Autobots, and Decepticons. I failed to mention earlier on that the, the Headmasters have powers that they don't have in the U.S. version, which is that uh, they can exchange energy among each other, and uh, they can also exchange their transectors freely. Brainstorm can be on Highbrow's body or whatever. I mean, the bodies are lifeless, so it doesn't really matter. They have increased power levels at whenever they do a thing called head formation, uh, and that kind of pools their energy and allows them to direct it with a really destructive effect. Well, they do this to Scorponok on Earth, and they pull, uh, and it doesn't really work. And so then they manage to pull the energy of all the Autobots together oh. and send it to Fortress Maximus, who then redirects it to Megazarok, I should be saying, instead of Scorponok, which then destroys Megazarok. Uh, at this point, the Autobots leave Earth. All of them, even, even Wheelie, has to go and be separated from Daniel. <laughs> And the Autobots, are they're going to go out and, I guess, try and find another place to live. But they <laughs> vow to see the humans again one day. Wow, they just bail? They're just all out <laughs> they of They bail. Here. 
Yeah, peace, peace. <laughs> a few, so that's that's headmasters. But a few interesting points about the series. RC, as we know her as a formidable warrior from our season three and movie times. Mm-hmm. In this yeah. series, she's basically a passive babysitter for Daniel <laughs> and Wheelie. <Damn. laughs> Cup for the period of time that he's on the show. We know him as like a tough, grizzled soldier. Uh, he doesn't fight at all in Headmasters. He just claims he's too old. Oh, <laughs> a feeble old man. He just wants to sit on the porch. Uh-huh. Cyclonus and Scourge, who are Galvatron's capable henchmen, they just become foolhardy lackeys. There's a lot of slapsticky humor whenever they're involved, just bonking. It does seem stuff. like, and I have this of... point later, but it seems like there is this. I think that it's mentioned in like trope, the trope section on that they you sent us to, yeah. of like older characters just could like throughout the Japanese series become f- like jokes, buffoons, yeah, yeah. and because who cares? Because they were not selling those toys, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead, Except you know, for Sound the Blaster. The American route was to kill off all the characters just in one quick swoop. Uh, The Japanese went a different route. They just uh, let it play out and embarrass them over several episodes. Character kids into not wanting to buy their toys no more. It's like, dude, that that guy sucks. I don't want. Why did you buy me Cyclonus for Christmas? He's a goofball. I want that mind wipe, mom. You bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's mind wipe. (laughs) That dude rules. Mind wipe. Oh. <laughs> uh, also, also of note, uh, Wheelie doesn't rhyme in Headmasters. Right. Thank God. Yeah, he, he does have a. They did manage to give him a more annoying voice. Holy though. fuck! <laughs> so they made up oh, for it. It is, it is horrendous. I mean, we should probably pull both some he of that and Daniel here. are. It's, it's that maybe that's why I couldn't make it through Headmasters because they're in it a lot and it's insufferable. Yeah. I, it would have been really ooh. nice if Wheelie was more. The, his voice was more like a like a grizzled Nick Nolte type of thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, hell, Daniel, why? <laughs> we need to bring a Gary Busey into it, maybe somehow. <laughs> Just oh man, <laughs> Train five, look behind. I don't know. False evidence appearing real. <laughs> We've touched on this a little bit, but dead characters making a comeback. We see Prowl, Ironhide, and Wheeljack in this series. Season three favorites, however, such as Springer, are demoted to extras. There's no lines for Springer. Okay. A little fun note about Mindwipe, who has a vampire bat alt mode, but in reality is terrified of bats. That's like that, I don't know why like, you do that. It's <laughs> like Broadside being both seasick and afraid of heights. Right. Yeah. Mindwipe. Or, uh, or way, you take a, another uh, bite off that apple. Yeah, I love it. I, I'll allow it. Um, it's like it's like a, a silver bolt being a, afraid of heights. Yeah, you that know? too. This, this is some real Bob Budiansky bullshit here. The series was last made available in the U.S. in uh, 2011 through Shout Factory as part of its Japanese collection, which looks like Mike is going to go grab from the shelf. I have all three of them. I need to watch them on someday. Maybe I don't know. You need to. Like it's homework. Yeah. There and and Mike mentioned this earlier. So we'll, let, let's talk about yeah. the Omni Productions. There it is. Yeah. Did you only buy Headmasters? Yes. Yeah, I bought I bought it off a dude for like ten bucks at Sidefest, and uh, and and I I got my ten dollars worth out of it because all I need is disc number one, <laughs> and I get to episode two, and then I put it back and I put it back on the shelf. <laughs> And you know you could just YouTube that fight like just, we just did. You're, just, you're gonna yes. end up selling it. You're gonna sell it at the next con. That's that right. Yeah. 
Actually, you know what? I, I just might because that there's there's nothing here in terms of like, you know, special features or whatever. Um, there, there, it's it sounds all sounds like you have three discs of special features. You only have one. <laughs> main disc. Rest of the show. Your special features are thirty-four episodes. Some, <laughs> somebody at the upcoming con will will be interested in it. You might. Uh... They might be worth something. I was looking on Amazon, and the Japanese collection isn't easily available anymore. I want to say that I saw Victory for like eighty-five bucks what? or something on a reseller's wow. market. So. Oof. Interesting. You, that could uh, that could you could exchange that for a, a toy or maybe, something maybe. Maybe maybe I'll flip that on a, a at a TFCon or yeah. something. I, I don't know. There there are thirty four episodes of the Headmasters. By the way, good gravy. Yeah, I yeah. didn't I didn't even realize that until I looked at you know Enter the World of the Headmasters exclamation point first part of the Japanese uh, of the rare Japanese TV trilogy that followed the pop g1 series yeah. 35 episodes on four dvds with english subtitles first time on dvd exclamation point and so, it's all yeah. yours so and maybe someone else's yeah. in the future so those yeah. subtitles are pretty whack eh, aaron <laughs> yeah it's a great transition yeah <laughs> so well, subtitles are great but so, i mean like you know the english subtitles are easy to read or the the uh they say damn a lot oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like is so, there a lot of dams in the plot? I get, there's reason to like say it. Like, damn it. <laughs> damn you. They're just like <laughs> cursing Real Jack Bauer on 24 situation. So, yeah, the Omni translation. This is a release that was produced by Omni Productions, which is a Hong Kong uh, company. And I, I think it, they did the entire Japanese G1 series, if I'm not mistaken. Generally... Like the story intent of the dialogue is pretty clear, but the translations are often just overly literal or grammatically incorrect, or there's there's a lot of awkward gibberish with little relation to what's going on in the scene. And there was no attempt to replicate either the English or Japanese voice acting. And the Japanese voice actors did work to kind of be synchronous to the American English counterparts, but they didn't care about that in this. For example, Grimlock, he does not have his hulking voice. (laughs) He just has a normal, everyday speaking voice. Uh, Blur (laughs) talks at a normal speed. Thank God. And most famously, as Mike referred to, they were just kind of lax with the names of the characters and just generally with concepts of the show. So Mind Wipes hypnotism is just referred to as magic uh-huh. the matrix <laughs> the matrix is known as a power pack uh-huh. but energon cubes are also called power packs so there's yes. some confusion it glows, there it glows it's got power <laughs> right yeah. the planet of char is called jolo <laughs> huge improvement jolo! Get, uh, blaster is billy <laughs> metroplex is philip <laughs> spike is sparkle uh, and then maybe my favorite one is actually I'll save this one. Uh, Rodimus Prime is called Rodimus Prime, but when they say his name on screen, they say Rodimus Prime. Rodimus. Yeah, sound, they, call him, they call him Chief a lot. Also, <laughs> Sound Blaster is new Soundwave, but my favorite is Fortress Maximus's battleship is referred to as Spaceship Bruce. <laughs> no. It's what like string when you give of Google translates? <laughs> the verb transform is often translated to enlarge. <laughs> and you know, I like this joke. Char- characters such as Soundwave or Sixshot, who have a robotic mouth plate, 
they have muffled voices. <laughs> so according to the TF Wiki, awesome. the actors evidently <laughs> covered their mouths with their hands during their vocal performance too. Because they're like, if I was talking with this on, I mean, I'd, I'd sound muffled, right? And they're like, yeah, totally would. Probably the most accurate thing I've ever heard. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's pretty good. The Omni Productions versions were initially broadcast on Star TV in Singapore, and despite the demand, they've never been available in the United States, perhaps due to concerns over the quality of the product. There are fan groups still working to create proper dubs of the series. Um, the one that I could find that seemed most notable was called Prime Productions, and I can send you guys a link after this, but I've checked it out, and they actually do a really good job on their impressions. I feel like they're redubbing the whole thing, sound effects, the musical score. So look up Prime Productions on YouTube and you'll find some episodes that, that they've redubbed. Are they the ones that did that that very serviceable version of the Soundwave Blaster fight? Like I, I found that Maybe. one by accident last night while while I was while I was doing my research and I was thinking it was the Omni dub and but it's whoever is doing the uh, the Soundwave voice is actually pretty damn good. Like there, there's like the right kind of vocoder effect on it, and, it could and the be. dialogue is actually pretty good. Uh, the 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 Buster Jones is is a little discount for for my taste for Blaster. Is like th that that voice actor is no Ryan Jet, but um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's it was it was it was kind of a surprise actually. Uh, it could be, yeah. I haven't dove, th dove through their entire catalog yeah. yet, but I, I think there's other ones as well I've seen that are pretty mm. pretty serviceable. So that brings us to the end of Headmasters. So, so while we're here at an impasse, let, let me ask you guys this. So, so, so I had some stuff to say about Headmasters. I've never seen the Super God Master Force. Do you guys need me for that? No. Like, I mean, I feel like it should be. It should be like the Michael Andrews show at that. Point. We, uh, this like, like, I think will you. be very Michael Andrews heavy, probably because yeah. I've never. I, I don't know that much. I don't. Yeah, no, I'll ju I'll, I'll just split then. Thanks for coming around Thanks and talking around. about Blaster and Sound Blaster. And it was good. Like I did want to get. I did want to guy. get that out of you. I'm glad that you uh, were able to join us for talking about that. I appreciate it. Um, are yeah, you man? And and just some future stuff. Uh, we are considering going to. TFCon LA in March. Are you? Are you? I think we're all just trying to figure out if we're going to go or not. How are you? How are you feeling about the whole I, thing? I'm I'm in the strongly considering yeah. it category. Yeah. Um, it is. Uh, I think Frank Welker is the last big signature I need for yeah. uh for my poster. Uh, plus I have no shortage of friends that are going. Like I I'm sure um our buddy Jason Wiltshire is already. Uh, busting on us to like do some kind of like extracurricular activity it'll be before too long before johnny utah starts knocking on our door as well right. um but like i mean i've you know like uh, uh amber the fangirl is coming over from england uh you know uh, plus he has uh, to unload that headmasters yep. dvd oh, that, <laughs> see, that's what it is i got exactly. to unload that headmasters dvd yeah. and pay for my flight and hotel and stuff yes. but yeah. like i mean yeah i mean that, that that's one of those ones that that a lot of folks uh, go to so it is it is kind of hard to uh to resist the call yeah and that's just a sh like a one like there that's a sh pretty short flight for you right that's just a yeah yeah that's just a little that's just a little puddle jump for and up uh, cyber and, and and yet costs the same about about the same as a flight to chicago it's weird yeah. um it's so very, before, before we let you go is there, what do you want to plug what do you want to tell us and then we can 
Oh, sure. Well, I mean, as as always, uh, thank you so much for having me on and enduring my nonsense and uh, and, and still uh, loving and supporting me uh, aside from my bullshit. <laughs> uh, but no, you can. Uh, uh, it's you know, twenty twenty three has been a been an interesting year, and it it is a year of counting blessings. And I uh, I, I I am blessed by uh, your guys's friendship and i uh greatly oh, thank you. appreciate y'all y'all being uh being a part of my life it's uh it, it's important and special and and just something very sappy i wanted to acknowledge oh. uh, uh during this uh holiday season here uh but yeah if, if you if you want to keep up with my bullshit you can uh you can listen to mike cybert radio pretty much everywhere you listen to autopod decepticast i have a episode up about the phenomenal Godzilla minus one. Um, I don't know what else I'm going to have after that. Like I, I think I, I'm sitting on some audio from when I joined a uh, uh, world's extra life live stream uh, last month. Um, you can uh, contribute to extra life through the end of the year. So I was hoping to put some of those. We basically what I, what I did is to uh, keep them going. I jumped on their stream in the middle of the night. Uh, when like the those uh, 25 hour live streams yeah. kind of hit a dip and I brought my pod decks and one of the uh, most uh, fascinating discussions we have is whether uh, cereal is considered soup. And, uh, and, and, and you get a bunch of gamers in the middle of the night talking about that very rummy. It was, uh, it was hilarious. So I would like to present some of that as a podcast audio on the Mike Seibert radio, uh, feed. Hope to have that out, uh, before the end of the year. Um, I've also got a couple other appearances, uh, that would be, uh, relevant to APDC fans and Transformers fans. I was recently on with TFG One Mike, and we talked about the Cybertronic Spree's album Transformers 1986, which is their first album, the cover album of the Transformers movie uh, soundtrack. That was a really fun conversation and very one-sided. I, it's like he uh, basically like uh, let me off the leash <laughs> and he, he kind of like bookends it. And then I just ran rampant with it because I, I have so much affection for that album and that band. And I, you know, uh, talked about all of those kinds of uh, experience with them. But um, as a, you know, a, as kind of like a two hander, I can kind of hand this over to, uh, to my buddy, Michael Andrews. We, we talked about it um, earlier in a, uh, in a in a piece of audio that might not exist in this episode, so uh, sorry for that, Ryan. But but no, uh, my uh, my buddy Michael Andrews and I we were two mics too furious, and we joined again with TFG one mic to be three mics three furious, and we talked about John Woo's paycheck. Uh, which is oh, okay. uh, celebrating its twentieth anniversary this year, and that it's episode. Well, yeah, the episode is going to drop on Christmas Day, the same day that movie came out. Could you imagine a John Woo movie coming out on Christmas Day? It's wild. But it was a really fun conversation about what uh, the three of us, at least, kind of think of kind of a, a forgotten gem, kind of a hidden treasure type of thing. So that was uh, um, that that was uh, that that was really fun. Uh, I, I think folks would really enjoy uh, checking that out and then um and then yeah after the first of the year it's the triumphant return of two mics two furious animated transformers we're going to jump into season two of transformers animated we've yes. met the characters the season mm -hmm. the the table is set and now we just uh we just get to watch all of this uh animated mayhem that i have never seen before so i'm really excited like a lot of folks have a lot of high praise for season two there may or may not be an appearance by uh the apdc 
gang during season two. Uh, Alpha Magnus is going to come back and talk about the uh, the Rekar episode, uh, voiced by Weird Al. So that's uh, that that's going to be uh, that's going to be cool. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, it, it is always a pleasure hanging out uh, with you guys. You can follow me on social media at uh, Mike Seibert Radio. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, I, I have a blue sky, but I don't use it. And I'm determined to use Twitter until uh, Lex Luthor uh, starts uh, asking for money for it. So um so whatever freaking a uh, uh, shattered glass tony stark i mean wh- whatever whatever yeah. the frickin- we're gonna ride it out we're yeah, gonna ride it down. yeah exactly yeah i mean that's the thing but anyway so but yeah so anyway you can uh you can find me in all of those other places and uh and thank you so much for having me on yeah well we and, uh, we love and appreciate your friendship as well mike and happy holidays yeah have a good opt optimus Oh opt, yeah, that's, opt, that's a opt, reference you won't get until O-P-T, later. O P T M A S Optimus. Mary, or you op- can get it right now. Yeah, Mary Good. Optimus. Oh, I'm getting it. I'm getting it right now. Absolutely. <laughs> Great and, talking uh, to you again, Mikey. Too happy holidays, and we'll talk soon. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, you know, uh, Mary, Mary, happy, happy to everybody, and make your choices. <laughs> See you, Mike. Adios. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> The episode's going to be half as furious when Mike leaves. Still yes. trying to make that happen. Oh, I got to get Third angrier. time we talked about it. <laughs> uh, oh shit, we're getting another call. Great. You always so scared when the phone rings. <laughs> well, I don't ex- we don't it's get okay. calls around here. That's true. Once a year. <laughs> I know. I've I found another the, I was mistaken on that one. It was mismarked. <laughs> Luckily it was not the one of Shock Mommy and uh Shock neighbor together. Oh, right. That, that one is scarring me. I had to delete that one twice. Um, that's why it's always proper to label your video cassettes and rewind them appropriately. You gotta like uh, t- tear off that little tab so you can't yes, record it. This one looks to be a, a reenactment of some Bill Cosby special. I think <laughs> you you've been talking about. I I can't read English. But uh, it says something about Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to let you guys see this next video. It is hopefully less erotic <laughs> okay. in nature. Great. Let's roll it. It is the year 1986. The Autobots are, you know, on Earth. Uh, and a bunch of other Autobots show up for no apparent reason. Prime is surprised to see them, and they are very surprised to see what's going on. Hey, guys! I'm I'm here with my buddy Sea Spray! He's got a weird speech impediment! Well, I, I, I don't know why you called that out. I, there's nothing wrong with the way I talk. Whoa, where did you guys come from? How did you get here? I'm Prime, obviously. I've always been here under the sea, living amongst... The prehistoric humans. You don't talk anymore. <laughs> no, it's fine. You just, that's, I'm glad we have subtitles. Did you know the earth is flat? Uh, it's true. I'm really happy to have joined you. <laughs> hey, you, we're all glad here. What? Going on around here. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. That's a great question. So, um, it's not going great. 
Um, I gotta tell you, buddy, shit's not going well. We um, we have Dinobots now, so so that's a thing, I guess. I gave them simple brains. Shut up, Wheeljack. Back to your corner. Those mounds were planted by Earth scientists. I hadn't. <laughs> Dinobots aren't real. Well, I mean, there's a museum. We went and hound and spike sauce and stuff and... It's all liberal propaganda. This is not how I thought you'd be, but I guess you have a right to your opinion. Um, I'm starting to think I didn't take the crack team with me to Earth that I thought. We don't seem very proactive, and you have been watching a lot of... It seems like you've been watching a lot of YouTube videos that the algorithm is feeding you. And uh, that's not research. What did I tell you about the pyramids? Did you know? I don't even know what he's saying now. Wait till they tell you about the pyramids, I think he said. Oh, okay. The pyramids can sense to a point underneath the sand as well. So... <laughs> okay, wait a second, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Well, I didn't catch any of that. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Jazz, can you get this guy out of here? He's really rubbing me the wrong way. Let's get out of here, you crumbly bumble dump. <laughs> well, that was a... I hated that video you just showed us. <laughs> Shockwave. Um, that was, I hope that everybody... Got that translation? <laughs> I hope that that read audibly when Sea Spray was talking. Yeah, that uh, had some Alex Jonesy type implications going on there. Alex Jones, combine them all. It did seem like he was he was kind of hijacking the whole conversation with that. But uh, I think you know the, how those people are. I think the idea was that uh, Prime is saying that things aren't going very well, uh, sort of like a second act in a movie that right. is. Uh, a musical right. about the holidays. <laughs> He's yeah, a, general, a general, you know. A general, and things aren't going well. We're, this is we're, got it. This is great. Got it. Very good. Okay, what next? What are we doing? Um, Super God Master Force. Let's let's talk about it. Yes. So, Super God Master Force. That's the assignment that was given to me. <laughs> you signed Lucky up for it. Masters. You volunteered. I did. But luckily, you've got Michael Andrews here, who Michael loves Andrews, you are a big Super fan God of Master Super God. Keep super me, fan of Super God. Super, you can keep super me God super fan. honest here. So, uh, Headmasters had 30-some-odd episodes, right? Yeah, 35. 34, super God, well, it ran from April 12th, 1988, a month after Headmasters ended, to March 7th, 1989, for 42 episodes. Damn. So with the completion of the Headmasters series, the Decepticons were forced off of Earth, and the stage was set for the beginning of Super God Master Force. Although nominally occurring in the same continuity, there was an effort by the head writer, again, that Mr. Masumi Kaneda, to make Master Force a mecha story. We all know what mecha is, right? It's where the human gets inside the machine and drives it around. The Japanese mm -hmm. love their mecha. But we're introducing an entirely new cast of characters instead of using the previous ones. And so, although the toys are mostly the same in both Japan and the West, barring some different color schemes, the characters they represent are quite different. For example, Power Master Optimus Prime's counterpart that we've mentioned is Jinrai. 
and he's a human trucker who combines with a transtector, transtector being a non-sentient transformer's body, uh, to become a transformer himself. So he finds that Optimus, and that is what's going to be used for the transtector. Um, you this know. is honestly uh, Little Billy or Timmy or whatever his name's ultimate fantasy because <coughs> he Tommy. wanted to be <laughs> Tommy because he wanted to become yeah. a headmaster. But really, what you want to do is become a godmaster. Yes, then you don't have to deal with the personality. Right, you just are the transformer. Yeah. Um, so you combine to become the transformer. You are the trans. You get inside. You be, are the transformer, and the same to apply applies to the other power masters counterparts, the godmasters. There's a few different things in here. Uh, that, you know, so you've got like Godmasters, Power Masters. You've got something now called Pretenders. The Pretender fix, uh, figures are released during that year. They were the same, but in Master Force, the Autobot Pretenders disguise themselves as regular-sized humans that can wear normal clothing instead of being <laughs> giant humans wearing armor. So it's almost the opposite, where the Transformer can look like a human. It's like the opposite. So there is some continuity quirks uh, compared to Headmasters where the Earth technology is being portrayed as contemporary for the time, the early 90s or the late 80s, rather than the futuristic um, 2010 with the Headmasters. Is it connected to Headmasters at all? Loosely. Basically, he wanted to, Matsumi Kaneda wanted to start fresh in some way. And I'll get into that. Even so, then some characters, even on Super God, are totally. Some characters are totally. Uh, some humans in this series are totally unaware that the, what Transformers even are, even though they have been public figures for over two decades. <laughs> also, like Zone and similar series, the show never supplies the viewer with the full backstory. Part of that starting fresh and trying to kind of deal with the the you know with canon, but. Anyway, just being like, I don't know here. This will, it'll all work itself out. Kind of like this, <laughs> kind of like the skits that we did earlier today. So, all right. So, fix it in post. So, with, there's 42 episodes in the series. Like I said, in important aspects such as what the true villain Devil Z is or who Black Zarek is is never explained. Uh, same with Zone. Uh, they kind of they kind of come up. They fill in the blanks later, like the the Transformers fans and the universe does later. But at this time, you don't know where they come from. You don't. There's no backstory. They're like Cotton Eye Joe. They're bad. Yeah. Where did they come from? And where did they go? Um, who cares? Let's. We're here to party. So um, even the time frame of the show, even the time frame of the show was never revealed. With the series taking place. An indeterminate amount it of time after Headmasters. Like the story, like the 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 show is like daring you to like it. Like we're not going to give you any information. <laughs> right, you figure it out. But they're just they're trying to like they're like we got this new line, we got these new ideas, these new concepts. We got these two new we got these new toys to roll out, and I don't know. Let's just let's just roll the dice here. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there are two there are new characters. Um, I'm not going to list them out. I mentioned a few uh, for all of them. Just go look. It up um, again you do it yeah that's right so put it back on the listener so for, as far as the the main arc of the series uh to the extent there is one the story basically tells the efforts of the heroic autobot forces as they protect the earth from the decepticons only this time around and this is something i kind of focus in on the human characters play a more important role 
than in other Transformers series, with the human beings themselves rising up to fight and defend their home, rather than the alien Transformers doing it for them. You can see all of this in the different types of Transformers that I've mentioned, such as the Decepticon Pretenders tend to remain large monsters unless they battle in their robot form, but the Autobot Pretenders actually shrink down to pass for normal human beings. Do they? So do they shrink? Do they mass shift? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the ch- there's then at some point children are recu- recruited to become headmasters called headmaster juniors uh, for both Autobots and Transformers. But you know, they're like thinking like, well, we've got kids watching this too, so we, let's so we should have so where the kids are. The, that's an on ramp for the kids to be in the fantasy as well. You know, that's interesting that they did eventually adopt what they did in the United States and make organic creatures. Yeah. Headmasters. Yep. Although, are, so with the Headmaster Juniors, is it just the personality of the human? Is it still a transtector body, I guess? I don't know. Getting... Yeah, it's it's uh, it's the uh, personality of the kids' paladin. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the voices, everything stays the same when yeah. they're in the big body. But they're just, they're, it's all mecha. Um, then you've got Godmasters. Godmasters being where the human beings have the ability to merge with their transtectors or the robot robot bodies which is like it's like kind of a hierarchy god masters are kind of at the top here in a way and actually they end up kind of focusing more on the god masters as the series goes along so after the events of the headmasters the earth has been free of transformers for several years until the emergence of the decepticon pretenders this group was pursued to earth during the stone age by a group of autobots led by metal hawk and then when both teams crash landed on the planet, so it seems like Transformers really are only ever really crash landing on Earth rather than landing <laughs> purposefully. <laughs> but they they use their special pretender powers to adopt new disguises. Metal Hawk and his Autobots took on the forms of human beings and began to live among humanity, guiding the evolution of their culture and society. Which sounds an awful awfully familiar to some Marvel stuff that's been going on with the Immortals, right? I don't know. Yeah, right. Uh, while the Decepticons became monstrous creatures and tormented early mans as demons, so eventually the Autobot pretenders defeat the Decepticons and seal them away in the past. But as the series begins, they've been liberated from their prisons by the evil energy being Devil Z to play a role in his schemes. Um, schemes. So, with the return of the Decepticons, the Autobot pretenders are forced to drop their disguises and take up arms once again. Gaining allies in th- in the best good choice. Three young human children, <laughs> uh, Sh- Shutago, Cab, and Minerva, who are imbued with the power of the Master Force and bond with the three Transtectors sent to Earth f- from the planet Planet Master by Chrome Dome. So the Decepticons recruit their own Headmasters in return. Hey, let's find some kids too. Uh, g- and Wait, they- the Decepticons find kids? Yeah, they recruit their own Headmaster Juniors. <laughs> and evil kids. Evil kids, yes. Evil kids. Yeah, and there's a lot of evil kids. Out. Trust me, Ryan, there's a lot of evil kids out there. Um, oh, as they're the, all named Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true Why? for the show as well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, as the Battle of the Earth progresses, the true objective of Devil Z's plan come to light, which I don't really explain what that is here, but uh, the arrival of Mega, Giga, Buster, and Hydra heralds the quest of the Godmasters, super powerful life forms that are perfect fusion of human and Transformer. And with these four warriors on the side of the Decepticons, the Autobots must find Godmasters of their own. They succeed and join by a young trucker named Jinrai who has a truck that looks 
exactly like Optimus Prime, and uh, he helps recruit. They help. They soon recruit three more Autobot Godmasters. So, so basically, it's like it's a series of one-upsmanship. Oh, we made this. Well, we got That's this. That's what all we got this. Goes. We got. This. I mean, yeah, like that building. is yeah. that is kind of yeah. something I do like a little about Japanese shows. Up. Is it's all just an arms race. It's, it's an arms race, but it also makes it kind of boring because it's super predictable. Like they're just going to find a new way to beat well, this guy. Well, for so at, at that point in this whole escalation, Devil Z ups his plans by summoning Black Zarek to Earth. Discovering this plan, Grand Maximus races to Earth to inform the Autobots of Black Zarek's approach. So then they create, so the Autobots then create God Bomber, a drone that serves as an upgrade for Genrai, enable him to transport into God Genrai yeah. and fight in space, allowing him to beat Black Zarek His- back. I think I have this point later because he does show up in victory a little bit, but like the toy for that last form is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, how so? Yeah, it's just armor on armor on yeah, armor. Yeah, it's like <laughs> so. The Autobots suffer a grave loss when the final Godmaster Double Clouder is discovered and sides with the Decepticons, using his ability to adopt two robot forms to infiltrate the Autobots and destroy their headquarters. Dude, all you have to do is fly into the top of the volcano to like it doesn't <laughs> really fucking matter. Uh, without a base of operations, the Autobots are at a disadvantage when Black Zarek returns and merges. <laughs> just at a motel so six. then Black Zarek merges with Devil Z to bring about the destru- destruction of mankind. And as characters lose their humanity, change their alliances, and engage in final battles, everything comes down to this big final climactic duel between God Genrai and Black Zarek atop the Matterhorn. No, oh, uh, so they fight on top of a big mountain, the Matterhorn, where the Autobot hero must defeat his opponent, or all life on Earth will be forfeit. Epic! It's epic. epic. It's just like Let's this go. building and building and building. Um, it's just, they just bring Zarek back in for. Yeah. for uh, what no we got to do? Changes color scheme. Got to like up, do it. Changes head a little bit. So. There is some character development, uh, Michael. I'm I I am going to allow for you to to interject plenty in here. Uh, I do have some oh, interesting uh, observations. I, mean... I looked through some tropes, thanks to TVTropes.org. Thanks, Aaron, for sending that our way. I love that site. Uh, character development. So TV Trope says that this is the first Transformers show where characters effectively change and grow as people. Here it says, but grow, as grow as be whatever like sounds like they are people many I, of them. yeah i'm gonna say <laughs> i might disagree with this citing the hot rod rod for one example hot rod rodimus character development as an example unless tropes feel that the g1 episodes don't carry development very well if at all through the series as a whole and is thinking in terms of a series long ongoing plot so I'm so maybe that's what they're thinking of anyway there are other g1 characters that i could cite but maybe they're just thinking about this as like uh, overarching. An overarching theme. They don't change very much. Like right. they, they're G, like the G one U S series. The, the right. characters don't change very much, and it's arguable that Optimus Prime does not have a personality. Right. <laughs> good point. I mean, Hot Rod changes in the movie. Yeah. To yeah. become a, and then that, then that's about it. And yeah. then he what, sometimes regresses back. Yeah. It, every opportunity he gets. Yeah, not thinking beyond <laughs> that particular episode, typically. But regardless, for. Super God Master Force character develop- the character development is noticeable. For example, Jin Rai. At first, he's a young and brash truck driver who doesn't like to be tied down with responsibilities and doesn't want anything to do with the Cybertronian Wars. But circumstances for- force him to become a permanent member of the Autobots. 
uh, while fi- fighting Black Zarek and Overlord on the moon, he realizes how beautiful Earth is and refuses to let it become a dead world like the moon, which I wouldn't call the moon a dead world necessarily, but I know what they mean here. However, the remaining episodes completely loses focus on Jinrai's characterization in flavor of plot and action, upon which Jinrai seems to devolve into the personality of previous Autobots. But there are human Decepticons uh, themselves that actually pick up this slack for trope. There are so there's human Decepticons in this, or that get become part of the Decepticons that actually become kind of good guys or question what they're doing. So I can tell you though some other examples, like a character called Cancer, who's a Decepticon. Jesus. Uh, there's well, it's a Zodiac thing, right? The Zodiac the disease thing. thing. Pick a different one. All right. So sure. I thought can- Japan had a totally different Zodiac. Yeah. Yeah. So Cancer's central conflict is when he knows that Minerva is being nice to him, and after that, his sense of right and wrong plagues him until he realizes the lengths the Decepticons are willing to go to destroy humanity, and he ultimately defects to the Autobots and helps them find the Decepticons' hideout. Additional baddies, Giga and Mega, grow increasingly uneasy with Devil Z's hatred of humanity, which makes perfect sense since Giga and Mega previously expressed great pride in their own humanity. Cancer's betrayal only gives them further doubts about their loyalty to Devil Z. As Overlord, they finally turn against Devil Z when he starts beating Hydra and Buster for their failures. Giga and Mega start out as generic villainous co-leaders of the Decepticon cult, but by the end of the show, they show some aspects of being a noble demon and die regretting that they couldn't settle their rivalry with Jinrai. They do die. Perhaps to emphasize the trope that humans are special, only the humans are subjected to character development, while the Transformers are largely static characters, which is thematically consistent with the idea that machines do not change while humans do. I don't like that. Tied in with this, it's interesting to note that the series story arc ends with the Autobots saving Earth from Devil Z's omnicidal plan, marking the end of the Master Force War, even as the Autobots and Decepticons continue their never-ending war in space. The humans who served as Autobots and Decepticons permanently lost their powers, so the character development underwent by Overlord and the Decepticons vanished since their human halves were purged out, leaving only the robotic part that remained wholly loyal to the Decepticon cause. So kind of what was interesting with Super God Master Force is that your writer here is really pushing for putting a human in as kind of have as the soul or as the ability to change and even placing them in the characters. If you extract that, uh, the robot's capacity to evolve is greatly diminished. Almost like he didn't want to write a Transformers so series. <laughs> he's really, based on way, what I'm researching, like they're really diminishing any kind of character to development of the of the robot themselves and just kind of playing up the human involvement in the series what do you think yeah, about that michael andrews well, right uh, great uh so actually that that's a good take on it um super god master force is a lot more like a traditional anime uh it's a little closer in tone to like ronin warriors if you've ever seen that or or even uh sailor moon like it's that sort of take on it and it kind of is its own thing, really, in, in the world. There's sort of like a like a emperor-type villain um, that's sort of in the shadows and has sort of henchmen, and the henchmen sort of uh, yeah. evolve. But what I think is why I'm such a super fan of this, A, it's just very, very different from anything you've seen. It, uh, you know, it, it really is more like a traditional anime. But 
it also uh, it sort of carries this idea that you know I think headmasters kind of dropped the ball on this a little bit, but the headmasters manga actually picked up on it. In in the manga, the uh, character of Six Shot, who has all these different forms, <clears throat> becomes obsessed with like the human form, and he kind of wants that to be like his seventh form. So he sort of sets off at the end of it to uh, to find out how that can become possible. So I think this is what's sort of becoming a theme in Super God Master Force, because when you catch up with the Master Force characters, a lot of time has passed and they've sort of evolved. They realize the ultimate transformation are like humans, the the capacity for human growth and change um, and leading these kind of like short, brief flash in the pan kind of lives is really appealing to them. So that's why they ultimately become, you know, kind of choose the form they do. The threat of the Destrons or the Decepticons is is passed. So they sort of settle into these forms and, and you know, get regular jobs. You know, there's a scientist, Ugh. you know, there's, <laughs> right, right. They're, but that's, they love it. They, they're, they're fascinated with our culture. And I just think that's a really cool take on it. Sort of a, kind of a, kind of a beautiful take on it, really. I mean, there's so many things out there, you know, in our media that, paint humans as like the worst and it's kind of cool to see something that you know an extraterrestrial has found some fondness for us mm, i like cool. it bringing some depth bringing some absolutely depth no i thought yeah it was nice to read on that in the show and just i'm trying to get into the people seem to Ooh. really like this one they said yeah. like apparently like they like the characters and like like you said there's i didn't know it was all human development but well and so kind of what you were getting to talking about uh, Jinrai or Optimus Prime in this show. Um, so the the premise there is he's sort of, he's, he is their leader, but he's sort of like kind of forgotten who he was. He's kind of been like reborn on earth. And even the, uh, you know, the Autobots don't know where he is. They just think their leader's gone. And that's part of the reason why they've kind of settled down and settled into the society. So one of the big discoveries of that show is, you know, finding him, finding who was reborn as this Optimus Prime character, uh, who's this God reborn. Um, but what's interesting there is like he doesn't know he or he he gets told he was Jinrai, but he doesn't believe it. Like he doesn't actually get his memories back. Um, oh, so, so I didn't realize. So you're saying that Jinrai, it's just not coincidental that he finds a truck that right. looks like Optimus. It, it, there is a it there, is his right. body, right? Yeah, he thinks he's like a he just oh, thinks wow. he's like a trucker because he doesn't really have any. Oh, they don't sort even, of they don't allude to that in any of the content I have, but that makes a lot more sense. So it, there's kind of a reincarnation element here. Yeah, yeah. So really, the 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 growth, the character growth, um, is is him trying to kind of come back to this cause and them trying to convince him that it's worth fighting for. Um, he's sort of like this, you know, a little bit of a James Dean rebel without a cause type of person. So the big element, um, big, uh, big element of destiny and potential, which yes. is a huge thing in J Japanese culture, destiny yeah. and potential is. And a bit of reincarnation too, right? Because right. he's sort of come back as this human, um, yeah. doesn't really know anything about his past life. And by he, um, do we literally mean Optimus Prime? Do we, is that, is this the soul of Optimus Prime that is somehow transplanted into this human? That's yeah, yeah. I mean, the the human forms of these characters, the Pretenders, are like they're just kind of like the next evolutionary set, really. Um, it's just that this one, because of you know, final battle issues, uh, doesn't remember who he is. 
So, and actually at some point, like the truck comes to life and like chase him down. There's actually the episode where you meet him is like really cool. It's kind of like this horror thing. It's sort of like a Christine type element. There's like lightning and, and the, and the truck's trying to track him down. It's, it's <laughs> actually a really cool scene, but yeah, it's really fascinating. And then the part you were talking about where like, they sort of get rid of his, <clears throat> I think you said something to the effect of like, they kind of forget about his character development and just, you know, in favor of the action. Actually, what happened was, is like, he finally kind of realizes like, this is important. And he sort of like ascended to this new level of understanding gotcha. where he's just like, okay, I'm not truly, it's almost like he gets his memory back. It's almost like he, he becomes as close as he's ever going to get to Jinrai. I see. Uh, so they don't drop it, but like that, that right. part, that be, that part engages and it's like, okay, he's ascended. And then you're like, okay, well, this character has this, this, then this character yeah. has this certain role for the rest of the thing, you know, for the rest of the right. show. And if I remember correctly, it's because he's looking down on the earth at that point. And he sort of has, it is kind of a beautiful moment of, of, you know, you don't know if he's like for sure has his memory back from his old life, but it's enough. It's enough to drive him into action. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed reading about the show very much. Um, I may have to watch it one of these days. (laughs) Yeah. At least a choice, choice few episodes, Uh, very cool animation, very, Uh, very stylized. I loved the, uh, I like the, yeah, I, I, and of course, the music, and I mean, they just they just do a good job with. It looks so slick. All of this stuff looks so slick to me. I think you know. I think maybe one of the issues with the headmasters is they were trying to stick too close to like the U.S. version, um, and they couldn't quite do their own thing. So I think that sort of like hurt it a little bit. Um, you know, I think we all kind of said it in one way or another. The headmasters just like weren't that interesting. The characters they were you know, written as buffoons or, Mm -hmm. you know, nothing, nothing that exciting plot wise happened. It was just sort of them walking around and quipping if they could. Yeah. I mean, I find the idea interesting. It's just the execution was like, cause it's the idea initially in the U S run was that it, both the organics and the Cybertronians benefit from this, this bonding. Yeah. Just like that. Just the, the characters are not very interesting. Right, right, exactly. I yeah, guess... I mean, I hope I, I hope I did that plot justice on Super God Master Force, but I just think it's it's the definitely the best, in my opinion, of the Japanese trilogy. I guess what I'm confused about still is does did the God Master bodies have any kind of will of their own at any point in time before the humans interacted with them, or are they just like mecha shells like maybe they well, don't have so- personalities at like the humans bond with them i get it and the robots and the humans are basically the same but is there any sort of life essence to those bodies at all either prior to the human connection or after yeah the- well so there's two things going on in that show that there's the the headmaster juniors which are the more traditional uh you know, they're just the human personality and the, the transdector body mm-hmm. uh, is just there to make them taller, basically. Um, <clears throat> and actually, their kind of plot in the in the whole show is as these Destrons are attacking uh, cities around the world, um, they're sort of like the rescue crew. They're all they're all forms of like rescue vehicles for like helping other humans like get out of the burning buildings and stuff like that. So actually, the, the human element is kind of does actually make a lot of sense. Um, the transformers themselves are just, you know, they're too big and too massive to do some of these like uh, kind of refugee 
uh, sort of more, more nuanced aid, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Um, but so I guess to answer your question, there was, uh, so there's, there's that element of it. And then there's the actual transformers in the show that are, they're not human at all. They've just sort of taken a form that looks like humans. Right. That's like the pretenders. Next... If you yeah. will. Right. Okay. So their alt mode, if you will, is like a human. And when we see them, they're kind of like showing what their robot form looked like. Right. But Ginrai, is is he only a human or is the soul of Optimus Prime somehow transplanted in him? Did that transdector that was chasing him around, like, did it have some semblance of understanding? Where's the soul of Optimus coming from? Is it coming from within Ginrai? Is it coming from the transdector, the truck, or is it somehow manifesting itself once all of that is working together at the same time? Yeah, I think the difference with with Jinrai is that uh, there's more of like an armor element than the other ones have. So like the truck and the cab are sort of like uh, armor or like, you know, a suit of armor where the other characters don't really have that. So the human is, I guess the soul is Optimus Prime. Okay. And then then the, the truck is sort of like kind of like extra armor that attacks on that's and it sort of oh, it seems to sort of have some like memory of what happened and is trying to convince the human that doesn't okay. know so there is a personality of the robot component of him maybe it sounds oh, like yeah. it's vestigial sort of like uh... okay that makes sense because in victory the human's gone it's sort of i guess it's sort of to compare it to something from now it's sort of like the the cape dr strange's cape yeah. Like it can't talk, but it kind of knows the whole history of the mm-hmm. of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. If that makes any sense. I, it, it does. does. No, that's good. It's... All right, well, <laughs> we are experts. Well, <laughs> that, that's super god. So that's super god master force. What, Michael? Anything okay. else you want to talk about, super god? Before we start segueing into victory here. Hey. Yeah, so I'm actually I'm actually going to be getting out of here, guys. Thanks for thanks for having me. I guess closing arguments though. I did want to mention, uh, as much as I don't care for Headmasters, um, it did it did have the episode Rebellion on Planet Beast, where we got the Beast Formers, which actually became the toy line Battle Beasts in the U.S. And that's probably my very first like toy line that I mm. loved and collected oh. as a kid. So, for that alone, love Beastmasters. <laughs> All right, <laughs> and though I'm Though I'm not sticking around to, to talk about uh, Victory, I Apparently do think nobody really wanted cool. to talk about Victory. No. <laughs> Victory is really cool. I think I think uh, definitely second favorites. Uh, there's a little bit more plot there. It's a little more cohesive to the original series, I think, because I think Super God Master Force is like a complete departure. Um, but I like uh, Victory a lot, and I really like the character of Kill Bison when you talk about him. So think about me when you're breaking down Kill Bison. I only mm-hmm. think about you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Right. That's awesome. my time. You've been great. All right. Well, is there anything uh, you want to plug or say, uh, share with us before you to get out of here? Just gear up for uh, Two Mikes, Two Furious, season two, talking uh, season two of the Transformers animated series, which is like the best season between you and me. So I'm really yeah. excited. Get your ear holes ready. <laughs> yes. Prepare your receptors, Perceptor. Fantastic. Oh, my number one podcast listened to as, uh, for 2023 oh, for yeah? Spotify. Oh, oh my gosh. Thank you. 
Well, You're welcome. <laughs> well, I get no money from it. And it you know, if you nothing. can reach one person, uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Well, um, happy holidays. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate your input uh, because we did not watch this show. So, <laughs> what? I couldn't tell. Mm. No. <laughs> Thank you guys. I uh, appreciate it. Happy holidays. Thanks for All coming right. on. See, See you later, Michael. Bye. Bye. Ah, yes. Greeting, friends and neighbors, ladies and germs. Thank you for enjoying part one of the APDC Holiday Extravaganza featuring the G1 Japanese series. And don't you just know, you're also in for more store of that wraparound holiday skit bit that's definitely good and obvious as to what film the boys are referencing. In no way is it a slapdash affair by three goobers who, if their brains were gunpowder, wouldn't have enough charge to blow the hats off their heads. Lordy, what a show it's been already. But that's just potatoes, Smitty. Up next comes the gravy. Okay, let's uh, let's put the Walter Winchell voice to rest. Fun as it is to do. All right, friends, join us next week on Christmas Eve for part two, where we cover the Victory series and the OAV Transformers Zone episode. And perhaps we'll hear just a bit more from our lonely friend Shockwave as he goes through his VHS library. As always, thank you for listening. If you're so inclined, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, please. And if you like what you hear and would enjoy supporting us financially, why not go to our Patreon, apoddcast at patreon.com. It's not going to hurt you. You don't need your money. Give us your money. There are many levels of support, including the booty box, starting at the $5 level. Yes, friends, we're already creating ideas and products for the next box. I just ordered a design product for you folks that I think you're going to love. Um, and if you join at any level, you get access to our Discord channel, where we are definitely the most active socially. But hey, if commitment like that doesn't make you fire on all cylinders, go check out our website store for posters, pin sets, prints, and excellent tchotchkes of all kinds. The gift-giving season is upon us. Autopoddecepticast.com store. You can also follow us on all the social things at apoddecast. As a final fun note, all three of us have booked and are going to TFCon LA in March 2024. Come out and see us if that's your bailiwick. We'd love to chat with you. And uh, for you patrons, bring your APDC drink tokens. So, until next week, when we wrap up the Japanese overview review, Pistols at Dawn. Bye, bye, bye.